Hey Jeepers, on episode 234, we'll talk about Jeep's production shuffle and hear about a tragic mishap with a Grand Cherokee that was under recall notice. And later in the show, I'll tell you about the latest addition to my JKU. We'll be playing your voicemails, answering your questions, and hearing your reviews. Nikki G calls into the show. Is he still lost in the woods? Oh, anyway. Uh, and we experiment with our first dual broadcast. In our stock to wheeler, Tony's talking control arms, Tammy's talking steering with CPO, and I'll be talking about lube blockers. No, that's not where you store your lube while you're at the gym. That's all coming up on this week's Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? Born ready. It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. First week in G. Well, the other little Utes are just going to be living on. It's been reported here and, well, all over the web, frankly, that the Jeep Compass and Patriot are going to be discontinued. While this week a change in position has happened. Jeep is now saying that they are extending production of the Compass and Patriot into the 2017 model year as it prepares to build a successor in Mexico in early 2017. Output of the current Compass and Patriot at Fiat Chrysler's Belvedere 3 plant is to end December 23rd, according to sources. Meanwhile, North American production of the replacement for both models, the name of which hasn't been announced yet, is to begin January 30th, 2017 in Toluca, Mexico. The new model is to be revealed this summer in Brazil, where it will also be made. Plans call for the Bel- for Belvedere to shut down for the annual holiday break and remain closed for retooling through May 14th, 2017. That next morning on May 15th, Belvedere will begin producing the Jeep Cherokee, which is moving from Toledo, Ohio, to make room for expanded production of the next-generation Jeep Wrangler and its derivatives. The move is part of of a broader FCA production shuffle set to continue through 2017 to increase the number of Jeep SUVs and Ram pickups produced and to decrease car output. That sounds good to me. And hey, here's an outsource alert. FCA continues to seek another partner to build the Chrysler 200 and Dodge Dart. Could we also see those platforms move to a Mexican production facility? Only time will tell. And of course, you guys can look to us to tell you when it happens. Now, something happened here recently that's, well, no fun to report on, frankly. Jeep recall is at the center of a death investigation. So you guys are all aware that the last few years of Jeep production have been plagued with a number of recalls. And in fact, over the last few years, we've even heard of recalls elsewhere in the FCA lineup, as well as a nasty one affecting older model ZJs. The Grand Cherokees haven't escaped the sights of pesky recalls in more recent years either. We always try and keep you guys up to date as far as the newest recalls that could adversely affect an otherwise pleasant ownership of your Jeep. But for Fiat Chrysler, there is nothing new about this particular issue, which federal regulators first flagged last August. The recall, which includes 2014 to 2015 Grand Cherokees manufactured between between June of 2012 and December of 2015, has been linked to 212 crashes and more than 40 injuries and now, allegedly, one death. The biggest question right now is why nearly a year later, Fiat Chrysler still has not come up with a fix for the problem. FCA, which issued a recall notice on more than 1 million affected vehicles in April, will say only that it's still working on a solution. There was no decision about a recall until this year, and there's been no delay. It has written written to federal regulators that the remedy will include a software change and, quote, an additional mechanism to mitigate the effect of operator error. If I were the family of the famous uh, actor killed by this, I would take that as a slap in the face. Look, I'm not going to say I'm reading between the lines here, but... In my personal opinion, FCA is trying to shift blame onto the consumer. 
acting as if we're not intelligent enough to know how to properly operate the vehicle. <laughs> User error. If you ask me, this whole age of drive-by wire where virtually every system in the vehicle is completely disconnected from the controls is outlandish. As someone who takes pride in their driving ability and enjoys every second of it, I hate that feeling of being disconnected from the road. A transmission with no linkage, a gas pedal with no cable. You see where I'm going here? The problem involves an electronic gear shift whose operation is similar to that of a video game joystick. This confused many drivers who thought they had left their cars in park, only to find they were in neutral. They started rolling away after the driver stepped out. Maybe if FCA would have kept things more simple instead of saturating a vehicle platform with every conceivable computerized electronic control instead of direct input, well, we wouldn't be reporting on this. The alleged fix for this issue is expected no later than July or August, and yet as far back as March, Fiat Chrysler was telling federal investigators that it already had potential solutions. So why not get the ball moving right away then, one might ask? Well, maybe if FCA wouldn't have been dragging their feet on something that has such a large potential for public safety, well, public safety issues, we wouldn't be mourning the loss of a great actor whose recent work in the newest remakes of Star Trek has made him the talk of the town. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the friends and family of Anton Yelchin, who at the age of 27 was killed this last Father's Day by his own Jeep when it rolled down a steep L.A. driveway and crushed him to death against a brick pillar mailbox and a security fence. Such a tragedy. Big thanks to all you guys out there who help us out each and every week by submitting stories for This Week in Jeep you guys have a story you think we should be reporting on or you have a response to any one of our stories, please don't hesitate. Drop us a line. Send an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Yeah, that was very sad. I really enjoyed him as uh, Chekhov in the new uh, reboot. Uh, <laughs> it was really funny that one, I guess it's a standard thing or maybe when a captain tells you to make the, the ship-wide announcement, you have to do it. But it almost seemed like uh, as his position on the bridge, he was to make uh, these announcements. I think it was... Uh, on the original Star Trek, where he and his heavy Russian accent was trying to explain to everybody what they were going to be doing. Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Did the a great B's job. And the W's and stuff, yeah. He, he did a great job. Uh, very, no, he was a really a, a stunning actor. Really yeah. fit the role well as far as that's concerned. And his work extends on, you know, beyond that as well. Uh, really is a, a star that was extinguished a little bit too soon. Yeah, and, uh, and I just got to say, and this isn't uh, any kind of suck up to FCA, that's got to be a freak accident. I mean, I can understand the vehicle rolling away because of the confusion of how the mechanism operates, uh, which in, in, if indeed that is the case. Uh, but even at that, what's the likelihood that your car would actually uh, hit you and yeah. kill you? Right. Yeah. It's, it's more likely that it, 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 you, know, you might get bumped by, by it, but certainly not killed. Certainly not even injured unless your foot got rolled over by a, a a tire, which would be very painful. So I think this falls under the heading of a, a very big freak accident, but certainly one that could uh, possibly have been uh, kept from happening yeah. if, if there was a design change. And uh, looking at that image that you had for us, Josh, on that, uh, that shifter, it looked like something from the bridge of the Star Trek, <laughs> the, the, almost, the Star Trek yeah. Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> so. Anyway, great reporting, and uh, although a, a sad story, I think it's always good for people to know that the information so they can be careful. Yeah, and hey, really quick, guys, if you, uh, if you are an owner of one of these Grand Cherokees, guys, please don't hesitate. Do yourself a service because this is something that definitely could uh, affect you and your family. So please, if you are an owner of a Grand Cherokee that's been made between June 2012 and December of 2015, get that thing to your dealership at least to be checked out. Don't wait, guys, because this is something that definitely could affect you. Uh, and I'm just going to tell you, the, warn you, the, the the additional hardware could be a stick they're going to beat you with 
to teach you how to use the shifter. What's up, guys? I'm Kobe. And I'm Jason. From Morgan Trail Off-Road. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show. The number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. Jeep is off-road. Jeep is about the journey. Jeep has a great story. A story that I want to tell. I'm a voiceover talent, and I'm going off-road with a grassroots marketing campaign to voice for Jeep. Want to join me on the ride? I could sure use the company. Please tag Jeep. Post a link to kb4jeep.com. Add a message and use the hashtag MyJeepStory. Thanks, Jeep Talk Show, and your listeners for your support along this crazy journey. See you on the social media trail. Coming up in on Wrangler Talk, I've spent some more money. Imagine that, a Jeeper spending money. Hmm. <laughs> they would have well, you it. know what? Keep listening to the Jeep Talk Show and find out in a couple minutes what I bought for my Jeep. I bet it's something purple. Oh, boy. Or it's going to get purple. You. <laughs> You'll have to wait. See, that's the way you do a tease. Need to know and you to find out. That's the way you do a tease. No matter how bad you whine or bitch or moan, you keep it to yourself. That's the, that's the t- way to properly tease. Alrighty. Well, speaking of teasing, I'm not going to tease you guys. The Jeep Talk Show is all about, well, if you're watching this on YouTube, we want you to know that Jeep Talk Show is also available in audio only format. Well, you say, what? That's like radio. That's like the 40s. That's taking a step backwards. Well, no, because it's great to listen to while commuting, working out at the gym, or taking care of chores at the house. You can subscribe via iTunes, TuneIn, or Stitcher. And never miss an episode. We we highly recommend that you never miss an episode. So uh, <laughs> you can uh, uh, just go over there and subscribe. iTunes is probably the, the most common way of doing it. And, uh, you know, if you guys are interested in uh, helping us out with the show, you may already be doing the Amazon You Bought What, uh, where we really appreciate that when you go to Jeep Talk Show slash Amazon and then any purchase you make, we get a little a few cents from every purchase and it doesn't cost you anything more. Well, you can also go over to JeepTalkShow.com now and subscribe financially to the show. You can choose to uh, pay 25 cents a week, 50 cents a week, or a dollar a week. Uh, you know, if, if you got a suggestion, like maybe a penny a week, let me know. I'll put it in there. I, I'm not proud. <laughs> so just go over to jeeptalkshow.com. You'll see a little subscribe button, uh, financial subscribe subscription button. It'll go through PayPal. You'll have to have a PayPal account. They're free to have. And you will automatically uh, have a, uh, say, a 25 cent deduction for each week, kind of like paying uh, 25 cents an episode. So if this, uh, this show is worth 25 cents to you, please go over there and uh, shoot us out some of that uh, PayPal money. Um, now, I will tell you what we plan on doing with that is we'd like to get Josh and Tammy out in the field doing more things, getting more live interviews and more um, videos out there, which Tammy's already doing. But, of course, she's doing it on her own dime. Josh is getting ready to get it back out there, and his Jeep has been working long and hard on it. And uh, this is kind of a way for you to help improve the show. So think about it. Go over there and subscribe. Don't do it if you can't afford it. We're not uh, we're not destitute here. We're just uh, trying to think of a way how we can improve the show and not have to continue paying for it out of our own pockets. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's the cue I was looking for, guys. Hey, that uh, that music there is good. Is- my cue to let you guys know about our YouTube channel. There we go. At youtube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. It's where you want to go. You can find all of our stuff over there. Of course, it's where we are broadcasting the show live, 10 p.m. Central, every Thursday. So make sure you guys check us out there. 
course, we are uh, simulcasting it over on our Facebook page as well as JeepTalkShow.com. But hey, we need those YouTube subscriptions, so make sure you guys tell a friend. And if you haven't subscribed, do so now. YouTube.com slash Jeep Talk Talk Show. What are you talking about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of my face, yo. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at JeepTalkShow.com. Hey guys, YouTube is definitely where you want to go. And if you do subscribe there and you subscribe to our feed over at JeepTalkShow.com, well, you guys will make sure that you are not going to miss a single thing that we release. Look, the show is just not what we're doing here. We also have interviews with industry professionals, uh, regular Joes like you, wheelers and builders all alike, guys. We are doing interviews all the time and releasing them as bonus content. So make sure that you guys have subscribed to our feeds. If not, you might be missing out on some really cool stuff. Hey, this week we are going to be releasing Oregon Trail Off-Road Interview. You guys might have heard that back in February, March. And these guys are going to be backtracking the entire Lewis and Clark Oregon Trail from Oregon clear out to the Mideast. And coming up here very soon, well, I got a chance to talk with the guy who basically, whose family has created the structure of which off-road racing is ran by today. Yeah, kind of a big deal. This guy uh, sat down with me and we had an awesome talk about an epic event coming up that is going to blow your mind. I'm not kidding. You think King of the Hammers is cool? Just wait till you see this. Ooh. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in hearing that interview. It's, it's great to be uh, sitting on the, uh, the side of uh, wondering what's going to be said instead of doing the, all the interviews where I always know what's said because I did them. <laughs> so, Fresh uh, and new. Yeah, it is. It's great. So let me tell you guys about something I heard recently on uh, Leo Laporte's Twit podcast. I don't know if you know about the grandfather of podcasting, but uh, Leo Laporte's been doing podcasts for a number of years now, at least 10 years. Uh, he did it. <laughs> he was doing podcasts before the pod absorbed him and became, uh, became Leo Laporte. But anyway, uh, recently on Twit, uh, they were talking about it taking up to three days for your favorite podcast to show up on iTunes. That sounds like three days of living hell to me. I know. Well, you don't have to wait if you subscribe to your favorite podcast. Cheap talk show. <coughs> Cheap, <coughs> Cheap talk show. <laughs> you'll have <laughs> yeah, a little, little Jeep talk show on your throat. Uh, you'll have to, uh, you'll have the podcast almost as soon as iTunes has it. You know, so if you don't get what those knuckleheads are talking about, <laughs> we're telling you to subscribe yes. to the Jeep Talk Show on iTunes. Was I being too subtle? <laughs> nudge, nudge, That's, wink, wink. I'm, usually, I'm not so subtle. So there you go. <laughs> all righty well let's get over to uh, wow this is we're already here at wrangler talk let's do the intro Moving up in the show yeah let's let's do the intro it just surprised me i wasn't expecting it shut up and listen shut up so shut up you don't shut up shut up Shane. hey shut up and listen it's time for wrangler talk it's time for g mama so last week I was talking about my um, stock diff covers and whether I should grind them or not. Well, I went and checked them again just to look, just to see. And you know what? They were already beat up enough. So I decided then I better not, you know, grind them. I might make them weaker than they already are. So I decided to do the next best thing. Josh, I took your advice along with a couple other friends of mine 
um, I bought some diff covers. And, hey, congratulations. Um, thank you. I took your advice. Like I said, um, you suggested some diff covers to me on the chat room. And another friend of mine who has has them and wheels the Rubicon Trail. And I figure if they can handle the Rubicon Trail, they can certainly handle my type of wheeling. So I bought the Riddler Manufacturing Dana 44 diff covers. They're cast iron. They're fabricated out of high-grade iron, um, which is considered one of the strongest Dana 44 covers on the market. And it's going to give me peace of mind while out on the trails. And it's also designed with a lip-free smooth transition, which you don't get with the stock diff covers. So it's going to arrive in a bare finish. So guess what? That means I get to paint them any color I want. I wonder what she's going to paint yeah, them for. I'm still trying to figure out what color I want. I thought maybe we could have a vote or something. Um, anyway, it also has a raised fill plug that will allow me um, to fill it with plenty of fluid. Um, and the other thing that I bought. Oh, oh, oh. Are you aware of uh, the purple fluid? Royal purple. Yeah. Royal purple. Great diff of uh, uh, fluid. Oh, really? Yes. I thought you guys were making yeah. a joke. Uh-uh. No. Nope. You never know. No. Actually, really quick, Tammy, Royal Purple uh, makes a whole line of fluids uh, for your automobile. It does. Um, everything from, from coolant to oil and, and, and beyond. Uh, okay. It is substantially more expensive than any other fluid out of the market. Well, uh, but it's purple. They claim, they ha they, they claim that uh, you get what you pay for. Well, purple is the best to have. No, you're thinking of red. So, but I understand the confusion because it is reddish. No, just don't don't put go don't go and put. Uh, I, I bet Tony's probably running transmission fluid in his differentials just because it's red. <laughs> so I just want to point out real quick, Tammy. I don't know if you're done or not, but let me just point well, I, out. I was gonna say one more thing, but you know what? I think I can wait until because you guys are gonna be talking about something in a little while. No, you go ahead and say it. I'm just gonna show off a real diff cover while you're talking. Uh, um, I because you guys were talking about lube blockers. Mm -hmm. Well, we um, are going to be talking about lube yes, blockers. Yeah, well, we were talking about it off the air. Well, yeah, off the air. You guys mentioned lube blockers. I also bought lube blockers for the diff oh, covers. And so very good, we can very good. Transition yeah, uh, later in the show to you talk guys, about that. If you guys don't know what Tammy's talking about, uh, we're going to break down what lube blockers are and why you may or may not need them here coming up later in the show. All right. So here's the diff cover I want to show you guys. This is a, a diff cover for a Chrysler 8 and a quarter. And it is from Rough. I always want to say rough country. I wish they wouldn't have called it rough. This is from rough stuff. This is three-eighths inch steel with a half-inch ring. <laughs> it ain't going nowhere. And I guarantee you, it's hard for me to even hold it. It's so damn heavy. Yeah. This is the the thing that I recommended to Tammy. And uh, Josh and I, actually, and I were actually talking about these today because I was surprised to see that they didn't have anything uh, on their site for the JKs. And uh, Josh pointed out that they had had it for the Dana 44s, and I thought they may be different since they didn't list those uh, uh, those diff those Dana 44 diff covers uh, under the JK uh, and JKU vehicles. But uh, he says they're the same, at least the as far as the uh, the diff cover goes. Isn't that right, Josh? Uh, yeah, as far as diff cover goes, the center section is all. I'm not. I'm calling it the center section. The differential housing itself right. is the same from 144 to the next. The, on the JK 44s, however, the tubes, uh, the axle tubes, are actually out of a Dana 30. Oh, okay. So anyway, uh, I highly recommend uh, the the diff covers from Rough Stuff. So 
Uh, but uh, I want you guys to both do yourselves a favor, though, um, and uh, a helpful modification to both of your diff covers before. And this goes to anybody out there, really. Uh, a, a nice little modification to do to your diff cover before you put it in, before you paint it, before you do anything. And that is to epoxy a small little magnet down towards the bottom. Make sure it's going to clear the inside of the diff and, of course, any gears and anything there. What that magnet's going to do is if you do get any metal shavings in your diff fluid or, or anything like that, that magnet is going to attract huh. all that out of the fluid. And it's really going to um, lengthen the, the life of your, of your gear set and your differential as a whole. Yeah, you're keeping the metal from uh, getting inside the gears as much. Or I should say as much metal. It's not going to keep it all out of there, but it'll keep some of it. Oh, Tammy disappeared. So, I'm uh, sorry, I'm writing, I'm writing notes. Uh, you can also, well, watch the show. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Josh like that. So, uh, but uh, uh, the other thing uh, you can also do, and Tammy, you probably don't know this either, is they make magnetic, um, it was, that's not a filler plug, the drain plug for the oil pan. Oh, yeah, I have seen those. Now, I don't know if those work on, on every differential, if they're universal or No, I'm talking about for the works, engine. But... I'm talking about for where the, the motor oil goes. On the, oh, okay. You know, where you take that, that screw out to drain the oil out. Uh, yeah. when you do an oil change, you can actually replace that with a magnetic, uh, bolt end and it will collect the, any shavings that come off your bearings and keep it from getting yeah. back in between the bearings. Yeah. Cool Very little nice. tips. Nice. Well, there you go. Some good tips, people. Yeah. That was a good one from, from you, Josh. I need to do that to mine as far as the little magnet inside. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, while it, you have it out, just a little bit of a, make sure the epoxy oh, is, you gotta make is sure it dries. You know, the right kind of epoxy that will be resilient against uh you know oil and gas and, and that sort of stuff. Yeah, you don't want to and and, and do a, actually do a lot of research on this before you do Please. it because you do not want a magnet in between the gears uh, the pinion no. and the and the ring gear. Oopsie. <laughs> actually talk about having a very bad day. <laughs> yeah, that magnet would uh, it just in itself would have a bad day. Uh of course they do I think they do make magnets that are not very um they're very brittle, but still you don't want to uh, cheer cheer to chew up your ring, uh, your gear set, and your differential. All righty. Well, great little tip there. And now this week is our turn for the Jeep Mama product review, which I don't right. think we have an open for this, so I can just go right on in and yeah. start talking. Good. Well, in April of 2015, I installed a steering attenuator from SteerSmart. It's now called the Griffin. Um, they contacted me and asked if I would review their product, and I said, sure, and it helps with jittery steering wheels that the JKs are known for. And we also interviewed the owner, Ron, here on the Jeep Talk Show. And Steer Smarts is also known for some other heavy-duty steering components like the Yeti, something that I would really love to put on my Jeep. But the Griffin doesn't work with the Yeti. And I, I still want the Griffin because I love how it has changed my steering. However, Steer Smarts is in the process of testing the Yeti version of the Griffin. It's a super, super Griffin, I guess you could call it. <laughs> anyway, a Jeep talk show friend, CPO, is one of the two Jeepers in the world who are testing out this new product oh, wow. for Steer Smarts. And I got a chance to meet up with CPO before he left for his backcountry trip, which he's in Silverton, Colorado right now listening to the show. Hi, Chris. Um, anyway, I got to talk to him about this great new product that should be on the market in late August. Okay, Chris, you have something that probably only two other people in the world has on their Jeep, correct? That is true. There are only two in the wild other than the third one, which the owner has, uh, the inventor, on his Jeep. 
Um, so there's only two of us that actually have them outside of that. And that's this um, heavy duty Griffin from Steer Smarts for the Yeti uh, drag link. So um, I believe you had one of these in its uh, for the stock drag link, which is quite a bit smaller. It replaces yep. the adjustment sleeve on the factory drag link. Um, this one is designed uh, like 10X. It's, it's much beefier to handle uh, the forces associated with the heavy duty drag link. So uh, this is a top mount drag link from Steer Smart. So the whole Yeti system is the, is the drag link. Um, and then I've got this uh, heavy duty tie rod. And then of course the attenuator, which is another option on top of that. Um, but top mount drag link, uh, the cool thing about it, it's patented design, allows you to run a top mount uh, drag link without drilling the knuckle or getting a replacement knuckle. So it uses the stock uh, knuckle on the JK. Um, and uh, that's a pretty cool idea and I can't believe nobody else has done it, but uh, these guys did it. So it uh, seems to work really well. And how would you say your ride is? Uh, phenomenal. Um, so the problem is I, I went I went big all the way at once, right? I went from a completely stock steering setup to not only the Yeti heavy duty uh, tie rod and drag link, but also a top steer setup and also a, uh, a the attenuator on the drag link. So there's so many things that happened at once that it completely changed my steering. So I can't pinpoint, you know, this change made that feel different and this change made that feel different. But it went from, um, it was already great, to be honest with you, my, my, uh, my Jeep drove great, but it literally just smoothed off all the edges. Um, so now when I drive down the road, you know, my steering wheel used to sort of move a little bit, it shimmy with the road. Now it's completely still um, and, um, and it just cruises so nicely. So uh, it drives literally like a, like a luxury car. Uh, it surprised me. Um, but again, a lot happened all at the same time, right? I went, to, I went high steer and uh, you know, like these ball joints are, um, are super tight. So um, they're, gonna, they're gonna give me a different feel. Also, it's got no flop uh, ball joints. So normally you can go to your tie rod and roll it back and forth. You know, we may be able to show you that here. Here's your Jeep. So you've got a stock tie rod still. So I can show you this. See how I can yeah. roll your tie rod? So that's, that's called flop. And basically what it is is because your ball joints um, are allowed to move um, and this thing is off center, the weight just kind of allows it to rock. So when you go on heavy, um, or I'm sorry, you go on bumpy roads or gravel roads or washboards or things like that, that'll bounce up and down and you'll hear it banging, bang, 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 bang. Um, but with this, it's impossible to turn it. It won't rotate at all um, because that ball joint over there has a, uh, a limiting motion that will only allow it to move in one direction. And same thing with the uh, the drag link. The drag link can't can't flop either, um, and so uh, it really uh, really is a cool add-on. There are ways to do it aftermarket. Um, there are like spacers and uh, little things you can add to your ball joint to limit the flop. But they just built it right into the uh, to the ball joint on this. So, and you are helping them tweak. Yeah. So I'm helping test the Griffin, uh, which the heavy is duty Griffin, which the... is this right here. Okay. Um, and uh, so because I'm the uh, one of only two people that have it, we're, um, 
you know, providing feedback on, you know, how it drives, what we think about it. So my Colorado trip, for example, is going to be a good opportunity for me to test it um, and uh, give him some feedback. There's a lot of highway miles involved. There's going to be a lot of mountain, uh, mountain road miles. So uh, it's a good candidate to sort of um, let him know what I think about it. Um, but uh, also giving feedback on the whole system. But everything else is already in production and available uh, for purchase from Steer Smarts. But this Griffin yet uh, is not available. It won't be out maybe till August. Um, and there's already some changes that are going to be made um, that uh, will change the final version of this based on you know discussions I've had with Ron. So, well, good luck. Thanks. Wow, that is some fancy looking stuff, Tammy. Yeah, I was uh, actually rather impressed. Not not just with the steering system as a whole, but uh, for the video itself. A lot of good information there, and I really liked the back and forth comparison, going from uh, the the Yeti system to kind of like a stock system, and and kind of the the pros and cons right there. Really cool, it, it, being able to put a visual representation of what really causes people to uh, to hate the steering in their Jeep to begin with. <laughs> yes. Sorry, my kid was yelling downstairs, and I didn't. <laughs> I had to bang my foot on the floor. Shh, anyway, we're in a studio, Tammy. We're I not know. at home. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, I had. I talked to Chris earlier on Facebook as I've been following him on his trip in Colorado, and he said his ride out on the highway from Maryland to Colorado was fabulous. It, oh, nice. it worked great. So, and he's up in the mountains right now. So I'm excited to hear how. Well, and he's in our in our in our chat room uh, yes, right as we speak. Is. <laughs> and you nice guys should go too. check out his videos oh my goodness anyway yeah no he's got some good videos yeah it's pretty exciting that is some nice stuff now uh, i made uh, steer starts steer smarts aware Smart. that we were going yeah smear smarts smear uh, smarts <laughs> say that fast three times <laughs> that we were going to be talking about uh their uh wonderful this is products. why we can't have any sponsors people <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I've, uh, I hate to mention this openly, but, uh, I should, I probably should tell you after the show, but it's our love of purple that's keeping them away. So, <laughs> and the false belief that people steal a single D ring from a Jeep, Th those two things, <laughs> I'm sorry, it just, you know, I, I gotta be honest, gotta I'm be resisting honest. resisting my urge to scratch my head. Oh, well, with, with, with a single. Finger, oh, that's what yes. it was. I was going to scratch away. Yeah. Yes. Just... Or my eye. There you go. <laughs> righty. Well, that's great. And uh, from what I understand, there's uh, quite a bit of uh, fun going on out there in Colorado. Uh, when I say fun, I guess it's adventure. And anytime. Oh, my gosh. Uh, anytime you don't die, I guess it is fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get over to uh, reviews. And we actually have some tonight, I believe. So uh, we'll start with uh, Dusty L. Dunn. Now, if you guys are uh, former Tony and Josh show fans, you'll know that Love this Dusty L. Dunn is the, uh, often re referred to as the sick and twisted Dusty <laughs> for some of the crap that he would come up with for us to talk about on the show, which we did gleefully. Anyway, uh, Dusty says, uh, love the show. And uh, he gave us a five-star rating. Love the podcast. It's also uh, awesome hearing Tammy talk about her experiences. Too bad the guys refuse to get their Jeeps dirty. Well, how, how dare, dare you? you? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> However, I'm excited Truth to hear. Hurts, Look at this, it? Josh. This is funny. However, <laughs> I'm excited to hear that Tony is thinking about a little expedition. Right. Hopefully soon, Josh will get things going. 
keep up the good podcast. Well, thank you, Dusty, and I appreciate you throwing me in there as halfway under the bus, and then Josh all the way under the bus. Yeah, yeah, life is good under the bus. <laughs> it's cool <laughs> anyway. Yeah, check the oil. Yeah, I'd like to take the opportunity uh, not only to um, scratch my uh, head uh, to Dusty here real quick. <laughs> no, but um, <laughs> I also want to give a big shout out to uh, listener Michelle Lena Terry or at Lucky Ladybug seventy one on the Twitter. She's a member of the TPT Nation and has been doing, well, quite a bit of work on the Twitter uh, promoting the Jeep Talk Show and uh, interacting with us and stuff. So, uh, hello, Mich- uh, Michelle, Lena, Terry. Uh, appreciate all the work and uh, and keep it up. Thank you. Yeah, we really Thank appreciate you. it. Yeah. Thank you very much for all the attention you're giving us and uh, wanted to share a little that attention back. And she's supposed to be watching the show tonight. Uh, she said she was, unless she lied to me on Twitter. <laughs> all right. Oh, you can't believe you can You can absolutely believe everything you read everything. on the Everything. And now something we can believe everything out of his mouth, and that's from, (laughs) or out of his mind, and that's from the mind of Nikki G. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and uh, say, if you can't have Tammy on the show, I'm glad you had Cody. He was a suitable replacement. I enjoyed listening to him. (laughs) Suitable. Uh, suitable. I'm sad to say I'm a little behind on his Cody podcast, but in my defense, I had a hard time finding it. Uh, I couldn't remember what the name of it was. I remember it was something Chaser. <sighs> and uh, I remember Cody is a middle-aged man who was trying to get in shape. And so uh, I tried Googling Chubby Chaser. Oh, no. Yeah, I'll never do that again. <laughs> and I also like Cody's uh, slogan, Get out and chase your adventure. Well, my adventure is eating a large pepperoni pizza, and I, I don't really have to chase it. They just kind of bring it to me. Yeah, I'd call in the Cody show, but his show is a little too sophisticated for this kind of humor. <laughs> Hi, gentlemen, girls. I will chat you later. You have a good one. So Bye. you know that what the, you know what he means when he says that about our show. Uh. <laughs> Well, ain't nothing sophisticated about this. Right there. Ain't nothing. We, had, we, had, uh, we got somebody in the chat room asking if Nikki G is still lost in the woods. <laughs> oh, Marco! One can, one can only hope. <laughs> yeah, you know, we love hearing from everybody. So be sure you can call us and leave a voicemail at 530-675-4102 or jump over to the website at jeeptalkshow.com and leave us a message. Click on the leave voicemail button and we'll play your voicemail live on our podcast. Now, here's somebody we haven't heard from from a while, for a while, and I suspect he's going to let us know that he was lumificated. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> Super Croc here again. Yeah, I think I was sucked into a black hole of real world responsibilities ah. and stuff and for a while. So, yeah, that looks quite fun. <laughs> So today, I've got a hunt for you, and today we're hunting zebras. Stay with him here. For your Canadian zebras. Now, if you know about zebras, it's one of those things where, in medical profession, when we hear hoofbeats, we think horses, not zebras. Well, this is a zebra. My zebra is my XJ not starting. New CPS, new starter, which the starter was part of the old problem that we found out, but now it's something else. The uh, 
transmission neutral safety switch. It might be faulty, but when I try bypass it with the paperclip method, still won't start. Uh, so it's got turn the key, click, nothing. Um, and also a new ignition module. So yeah, looking for zebras here. I'll have to post on the forum as well, I guess. You know how that goes. Have a good day. And, and of course, he's talking about posting on xgtalk.com where you can get lots of help for things like this. And Josh, I don't remember him posting about a no-start issue on uh, xgtalk.com. Or, or if he did, it was I a long time ago. Was, there, I, it, I think it was a, a while back when he first encountered the problem. And, and there there might have been some troubleshooting and some other things that, that didn't quite work or worked temporarily or something. I, I don't know, but it... Uh, I, I think it's time that he either refreshes that thread or uh, or starts a new one. In any case, geez, Croc, that that is that is troublesome, man. I, I can't imagine throwing all that at it and still uh, and still not starting. Um, maybe try putting a battery in it. Battery would be good. Motor, um, wiring. No, uh, I, I remember back in the old Chevrolet days, we could actually jump. Uh, we could actually start the vehicle by turning the key on. And then going across the solenoid contacts, just putting a screwdriver across there. And that would engage the solenoid, which would engage the starter, and the engine would run. So if there was any kind of problem with the wiring or the switch or uh, or that portion of the switch, I should say, you could actually start it that way. And you could test to see if, uh, you know, closer to the, the, the engine as far as where the problem may be. Get it up, start okay. testing up close, and then move back. So uh, I don't know. I, th I suspect you can do that. You can still do that with uh, with a Jeep. So you might want to turn the key on. Be careful of all your little fingers and toes uh, when you do this. And you might want to wear a glove uh, because th it, there is quite a bit of uh, current running through that battery and through those posts. But take a screwdriver and short against those two posts and see if the engine will turn over. If it does, then you know you're good from the starter to the flywheel to the engine. And if it starts... Uh, quit bitching about it and just drive it around. You can start it that way. <laughs> uh, real quick, Croc, um, just, you know, troubleshooting. Make sure you have fuel. If you have fuel, make sure you have spark. Good fuel. Um, you got to start with the basics, man. Uh, so make sure your spark plugs are sparking and make sure that you have fuel at the fuel rail. Uh, if you do have both of those, then we know it's something else. Might be time to drain that tank. Put some, mm. uh, some, some fuel in it. Run it, you know, uh, if you can get it to turn over. R force that fuel that's in the line out. Dump the tank force the rest of the fuel out, and then replace that fuel. I mean, at, at some point, you have to really, uh, uh, what does it go, medieval on its ass and, and really get go down to the down and dirty stuff. I mean, you know, yeah, it could be a number of things. It's amazing they start every day, I think, with the, the amount of things that can, can go wrong. Really. All right, well, let's get over to Johnny Juliet and see what he's up to. Hey, it's Juliet Johnny. Today I decided to drive the Lancer to work. Um it's an O3 Mitsubishi Lancer. Eh, it's not really that much fun to drive compared to my XJ. Why? Well, I, I can imagine. But uh, when I was getting out of it, transferring the bag from the Lancer to the Cherokee, I noticed my plate was expired in March. Ooh. I never got anything mailed to me from the state of Illinois. Those bastards. Which got me curious. Looked online. And Illinois has stopped mailing expiration notices for <laughs> license plates because it, they feel it saves them money. Oh, um, makes them money. I yeah. had a cop behind me last night on the way home from work, 
well, actually, it was this morning for you normies. But uh, I didn't get pulled over. So is is this really saving the money? Because if cops are not pulling people over for expired tags, uh, why bother? You see my point. Um, I'm just going to ride this one as far as it goes because... <laughs> In all reality, I know if uh, I get pulled over for expired tags, I renew it. I pay the late fee. It gets thrown out in court. Uh, just curious if the three of you are dealing with anything like this in your states. I assume Texas would have it together, but eh, Josh and Tammy live in places that <laughs> might have irresponsible, silly governments. All right. That right. <laughs> Thanks for the show. Keep rocking. Bye. I'll just tell you guys, all you Jeep people are great people, and I want to invite you to come live in the great state of Texas. Northwest. <laughs> it's pretty up there, Josh, but come on. You know how it is. <laughs> you know how those people are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, we they uh, they do still, we do everything by mail over here in Oregon. We vote by mail. We uh, we shop by mail or something like that. I don't know. We Yeah. I get my uh, notifications uh, every year. Unfortunately, both the Honda and the Jeep uh, have tags expire in December. Mm. Yay! You you can't let it uh, let it go a month or two so they don't expire I've at the same time. I've thought about it, you know, but up here they 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 put one foot up on the counter and give it to you dry uh, if you uh, are pulled over with the expired tag. So but I mean, I, it, it's, it's sticky just, though. Though I mean, it may be dry, but it's still sticky, so it'll stick, right? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> So we get emails. I don't know what the hell's wrong with you people. <laughs> we, we get emails. You know what? We can we can go vote. We don't even have to show our ID. Uh, I know. Well, you know, you so got you got to you got to level the playing for all here. You have to lay, level the playing field, don't you? Because you can't have yeah. those conservatives <laughs> doing right. playing fair. We got to let's get I some dead I, people I and just, some uh, uh, aliens uh, voting in this thing too. But I digress. So anyway, uh, let's get over to Nate from uh, uh, SWBcrawler.com, a contributor that we will hear again one day. We've got we've got uh, things out there. We Nate, don't forget. I, I do know we have things to play that you have uh, given us. We just haven't got to them yet. We're we're just so chocked full of entertainment. Hey guys, it's Nate from SWB Crawler. I was just listening to your uh, most recent episode while I'm stuck here in traffic, and thought I'd call in and make some comments on. Uh, uh, Tammy's question about her differential cover hanging down below the disc and whether it's cool to grind that off or not. Uh, I'd say there's probably not much to fear. The differential cover is just some stamped uh, steel. That's pretty thin stuff, uh, especially on a stock Wrangler. Um, a differential cover guard is probably a better way to go, but, I mean, I'm all about cheap mods at the moment, and uh, it sounds like grinding a little bit of extra material off the bottom of that cover isn't really going to be a big deal. Uh, there's actually, uh, it, it's actually pretty common for guys with bigger axles like 60s, like 14 volts and whatnot, to grind, grind the whole bottom of the differential flat, you know, the cast housing. Uh, I wouldn't do that with a stock 44 because they're pretty thin compared to the, uh, uh, the bigger axles. But uh, the diff cover itself, yeah. Um, as far as differential guards are concerned, I had a lot of good luck with the 4X Doctor guards that uh, I'm not even sure if they're widely used anymore, but they were pretty popular back in the day. Uh, 
So basically, it's uh, like a cage that bolts on the bottom of the, the disc cover, uh, covers like the, the lower half of the disc, the disc cover. I beat the heck out of them on my old YJ, and they always come up. I never had a problem. Uh, so I know there's better options nowadays, but they're not that expensive, and they did the job. So, all right, keep uh, up to the work, guys, and uh, yeah, looking forward to more shows. Thanks. Bye. Excellent, excellent. We really appreciate the uh, the call. We re- appreciate the calls from all you folks. And uh, don't forget that uh, voicemail line again is 530-675-4102. Or you can go over to jeeptalkshow.com and uh, press the little vertical button that says leave a voicemail. And uh, anything that's got a microphone attached to it, I think you can even do it, do it using a phone, uh, a smartphone. Uh, you can uh, leave us a message there as well. And I was seriously going to just grind grind them until I came into some cash when I stole, when I sold, <laughs> I didn't steal anything when I sold my stock, um, tires. So I thought, you know what? I have this money. I might as well just, you know, get another up- tattoo. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm running out, I'm running out of room. Oh, so, uh, yeah, I think uh, diff cover, uh, heavier duty diff cover, at least on the front is a very good idea for you. And, uh, rear diff covers are, are nice. Uh, if you have to back up. So uh, that's why I have one for my Chrysler and a quarter. Oh, and I don't have it on my Jeep yet because I have uh, an ARB locker uh, going to go in there and I figure I'd do both of them at the same time. But uh, I'm getting kind of antsy. I'd like kind of like to have that diff cover on there. But uh, you know that uh, that diff fluid, especially if you're using Royal Purple, it's it's good 30 bucks or something to, to fill that uh, fill that up. So yeah. it's uh, supposed to be good stuff though. <clears throat> All right, well, let's get over to uh, this week's uh, Jeep Cherokee from stock to wheeler. This week, we'll be talking about adjustable control arms. Your Jeep Cherokee uses leaf springs to hold and center your rear axle and control arms for the front axle. Now, these things are basically just pressed steel from the factory. That means they took a sheet of metal, put it in one or more machines to press it into the shape of a box. Minus one side. It's not even a four-sided box or six if you want to get into the whole cube thing. So it's, it's kind of open on the bottom. So it's, it's just this pressed steel, people, and it's, it's not that thick. So um, when you start doing some hardcore wheeling, uh, these things are going to be one uh, the, of the first things to get bent. Perhaps, perhaps so much you'll have to replace one to get home. As you lift your Jeep, the axle moves further away from the body. Since your control arms are a fixed length, that means the axle... And the attached wheels and tires move closer to the rear fender well. It also means that your caster changes. And that's the angle of the, um, I guess you could call it the pinion. The whole axle uh, kind of rotates, starts rotating forward because the, that the lower uh, and uh, front control or upper control arms, uh, as it drops down, it wants to twist that thing. Actually, it might twist it backwards. And I never paid that close attention to it. Uh, but anyway, um, so... Uh, one way to resolve these issues is with adjustable control arms that are not made of stamped steel. I went with uh, adjustable control arms from Ironman404fab.com. Uh, Andy, or Iron Man Andy as I like to call him, uses the best DOM tubing to build some of the really beefiest control arms. You can adjust the length of the control arms uh, to uh, put the caster back into stock configuration and if you have both upper and lower adjustable control arms, you can move the axle forward to recenter your axle in the middle of your wheel well. This gives you more clearance during off-road articulation. Now, I'll, I'll put a little caveat in there. You have to be careful how far you move it forward because your uh, 
front drive shaft is only so long. And if you make it too far, well, when you articulate, the drive shaft will actually bottom out. And uh, I'm not sure about this, but I think it can come apart. Uh, there may be something in there that, that holds it together, but you're going to do some damage to something uh, if you if you move it too far. Um, and that's why you hear about these people lengthening their drive shafts because they're moving the, the axle forward. So anyway, I can't say enough good things about uh, Andy or the things he designs, builds, and sells over at Ironman4x4fab.com. Uh, to get more information about control arms and find out who else is uh, selling great products like Andy, uh, head over to xjtalk.com and just search for control arms, or better yet, post and ask your questions. Nobody's going to flame you over at xjtalk.com. They're just going to try to help you. So let me ask you, Josh, you're a hardcore yeah. wheeler. <laughs> I'm sure you've replaced those flimsy stamped metal control arms. Uh, what did you go with? Uh, well, the first time I did it, I went with a fixed set of, uh, uh, what were they? They were pro comp, uh, that okay. came with their not adjustables. Uh, they were not adjustables. Then I went to a set of adjustable rough countries. Um, and now I've got, I'm glad you brought up some Ironman Andy. Oh, <laughs> oh, this is just the upper link to the long arm set that I have, uh, of the, the Iron Hang on, Man let me get the right four. camera on you. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, there's the here's this thing as beefy as all hell. Uh, this is just the upper link to um, Iron Man four by fours, the long arm kit. And uh, guys, when he says the best DOM tubing that you can get, seriously, I don't even think that my steering linkage is this mm -hmm. beefy. This is, I mean, just absolute tonnage right here, guys. So I've got um, this set. All I have to do is build myself. Hold on. <laughs> I got to do is build myself a center section. I'm going to drop an O-ring here trying to put that thing down. Um, <laughs> I just got to build a center section, and, uh, and then I got to do my, uh, my uh, frame stiffeners, and then the long arm kit will be going on. So, yeah, so good I, stuff. I was recently talking to Andy, and I pulled out these uh, control arms that uh, I got from him uh, a while back for my wife's TJ. And uh, this is a lower front control arm. Uh, and for the TJ, I'm actually having uh, – there's uh, – upper and lower front and rear and i have uh three sets so i have i have all of them i need except for one set and i can i can still put these on you don't have to buy all of them you can just do start with lowers and then go to uppers and etc uh, etc et uh, on the xj you just have upper and lowers on the front because as i mentioned you uh, the rear is uh, leaf springs now these things are just amazing uh, and if you, if you ever break down during a zombie apocalypse, you can just take these things off and beat your way through the, the zombie horde. It, there are just fantastic. And, uh, I know it's hard to see cause it's black. It's not the, uh, the Iron Man Andy blue that he likes, but, uh, it has this big nut that locks this thing into place and you just loosen up the nut and then you're able to turn this end and to adjust it wherever you need and then put the, the nut back in place lock it down tightly so it doesn't move on you and uh, that allows you to adjust the uh, the control arm in and out so great having show and tell and uh great for the audio listeners <laughs> yeah i know, I know. They're, they're like, hey, if you guys if you guys want to check out uh, the stuff that tony and i were holding up and showing and now look guys i've had this stuff for i think i've bought these almost a year ago mm -hmm. uh they've just been sitting in the garage waiting for me to yeah uh, uh, waiting for me to uh, finish up my project but if you guys want to see these for yourself make sure you guys head over to um, ironman4x4fab.com yeah great it's fun looking uh and and go really over there is. go over there with your wallet open because you're going to want to buy something <laughs> i just i guarantee Are you, you ever 
So have, have you seen any, uh, and again, Josh, I know you're a hardcore yeah. wheeler. Have you ever seen anybody turn their factory control arm into a pretzel? Uh, actually, I have. I've seen. I thought you probably had. Two, I've seen <laughs> two, wood. two factory control arm carnage. Um, I, I've seen one completely snap in half. Oh, my God. Uh, and then I've seen one that was, it wasn't tacoed. It, it was, it was tacoed um, laterally, I, I guess you'd call it. So. Not not as if you'd come down on it over a, over a you know a, a, a steep rock or something like that. Uh, it actually was bent in towards the differential. <laughs> yeah, because the the force as you're going up on rocks and things it push tries to put to push that wheel and, and axle back. And if you just have the stamped steel, uh, that's the weak point, and it's going to yeah. it's going to bend. So uh, it, very important if you're going to be doing any off-road, uh, much of off-road, especially rocks or trying to crawl up a uh, embankment of a, uh, a river or something, uh, you're going to put, be putting a lot of pressure, and it may be uneven pressure on that front axle, and it, right. it may push it back. So hey, fine, fine for, for daily driving, guys. Um, and yeah. even like you know, if you're keeping it under 31s and just sticking to the logging roads, totally fine. Yeah. If you're going to get into some trail stuff, into some actual uh, wheeling, you will need to go after market. Oh, and it's they're really, really simple to change. So uh, it's just a couple of uh, bolts that you need a jack. Uh, uh, it, this is just something that anybody could do. In fact, I, I'm, I'm wondering if Tammy, uh, I, well, I'll just ask you, I know you're still running the factory control arms on your JKU, Tammy. Uh, yes, have have you looked into how well the Rubicon control arms hold up to off-road abuse? No, actually, I have not. I'm, that's something I guess I really she should. She will now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I know now that, that, I know that you guys have cursed me. I know you're looking into this stuff, and that's the reason oh, yeah. why you're getting the, the, the front diffs, and you're, you're modifying right. your stuff because you, you don't just go drive down the road with your, your Jeep. You drive down the road going right. to Roush Creek to go off, off-roading, and you were doing black trails and stuff, so I immediately thought of you. Uh, now, I would imagine that Jeep put something more um, prominent on the Rubicon, so you may be okay but of course, you right. saw the the Steer Smart stuff, how right. that upgrade I, helped yeah, things. Sure. So, yeah. uh, and I believe uh, although it's not on the site, and uh, and you can go over there and ask Andy, uh, but I believe he's also making control arms for the JKs and the JKUs. He's just not advertising it. So I know for me, all of this stuff is just so new mm -hmm. and so overwhelming. It's just like I'm, I'm taking a little bit at a time and. You know, like right now, it's the diff covers and how they work and what they're all about, and you know the the tip about the magnets. You know, and then mm -hmm. you know once I get that done, that'll all be in my head, and I can move on to something else to try to figure it out because all of this is so new. I mean, I used to just turn the key and put gas in my vehicle. Isn't it cool knowing so, how things work, though? Yeah, it's a little and scary. So it's, it's a little frustrating right. because. It's nice living in that world where I just turn the key and I drive down the road. Right. But when you start understanding what can happen. And you prepare for it. And that's one of the reasons why we do this show. I mean, it's fun for us to do and we love getting together. But also, too, we have the opportunity to give you guys a heads up, uh, taking care of something before it becomes a problem. Or when it does become a problem, you don't have to worry about it as much because right. you know, like, oh, well, a couple hundred bucks, I get a, some control arms from Andy. Yeah. I slap those things on there. I'm back in business. So, And, and with someone with no, absolutely no background in it at all, it's, it's, it's exciting to learn it. But it's also, it, it's a long process, I, I feel. Yeah. Well, it's a lot to learn. Yeah. Well, I will, uh, I will leave you guys with a um, little bit of advice that my grandfather gave me uh -oh. many, 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 many years ago. And that's the, uh, the wisest man is not necessarily the one with all the answers, but the one with the most questions. So, Tammy, 
ask I'm a lot the, of questions. I'm the wisest man in the world. <laughs> yeah, it's always good to ask questions. Speaking of questions, I think uh, Josh has a few answers in this week's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. You got tech questions? Ah, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. because I, I It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Well, we were talking about lube lockers a little bit earlier, and uh, well, one of our three co-hosts didn't exactly know what they were, and Tammy. one of the other co-hosts uh, just got a set of lube lockers. So, huh. um, really quickly, guys, is. we're gonna we're gonna talk about what lube lockers are, and uh, and what they do, and why you may or may not need them. So, um, for those who don't know, lube lockers, uh, lube locker is is a company, and and they make these things. They're basically silicone gaskets for your differentials. Uh, typically it's a metal to metal mating, uh, like a lot of things are in our um, automotive worlds and that diff cover mating to the differential itself, uh, keeps the fluid inside by just a thin layer of RTV. That is the most typical and most common way to seal up a differential. Well, lube lockers came up with a different solution, an actual physical part. And this is a reusable gasket of sorts. Like I said, it's silicone and it has these ribs that are built into it to give it some thickness and make it more than just, you know, a stamped piece of silicone that, you know, goes into your, in between your diff and diff cover. Uh, they are cut to, they are made specifically for certain applications. So um, one on a day and a 30 is not going to work for an eight and a quarter and so on and so forth. Um, but what they do for you is in the, in the worst case scenario, if you end up bashing your diff on a, on a differential, or I mean, you da- bashing your diff on a rock, you, um, drag your differential over some rocks or something, and you end up getting a little bit of separation on the bottom of your uh, differential cover. Well, ordinarily, some metals will have a little bit of a, a little bit of a memory to them, and that it will come right back to shape if it's just been stressed. Now, if you bend your diff cover, um, well, you're you're going to be having a, a no good, very bad day, no matter what you're doing. Um, but that's where, of course, you know, aftermarket diff covers come in. But lube lockers work regardless of what diff cover you're running. Um, but the lube lockers will take it a step further where the RTV fails. Once the metal is, is, is stressed, it's going to pull away from that RTV. And the bond, that chemical bond that happens between the RTV as it cures into a flexible compound, um, really kind of mates with the metal. It's into all little nooks and crannies that you can't see unless you're you know, under a microscope. And it kind of locks itself in there. Um, it, but it dries, it cures flexible. So you're able to scrape it off, peel it off. And of course, as the metal moves, and believe it or not, that differential does flex and move a little bit as you're going down the trail, um, the RTV kind of moves with it and keeps that fluid locked inside the differential. Well, the lube lockers with their, with their ribs and their silicone technology, um, if there's any kind of separation at all where that chemical bond would fail, the lube locker is going to stay put. And it flexes and it compresses and it expands and everything else. And it, it does what a gasket's supposed to do. Um, and of course, they are reusable. Uh, now, you always want to carry some RTV with you on the trail regardless because, you know, worst case scenario, if you do bash that differential and you pull it past the point of just stressing it and you actually bend metal, well, a little RTV can help uh, plug up a hole real quick if you need to, you know, make a quick trail fix or something like that. But lube lockers are definitely worth the money. Now, some people say, well, you know, RTV is good enough. It's worked for all these years. Why not just keep using it? Well, I don't have any answer to that question. There's no good reason why you shouldn't keep using RTV. Lube lockers are just another way to go about it. And it gives you a little bit of peace of mind on the trail knowing that, hey, maybe I didn't quite get that RTV smeared all the way around evenly. Or maybe there's a little bit of a low spot. Or and maybe if I hit that differential on that rock, I might lose some fluid. 
Blue blockers give you a little bit of peace of mind in that regard, but uh, they're not for everybody. And of course, um, you know, they, they do have a little bit of a price tag to them, but uh, um, for a lot of people, they're well worth it. You guys have any questions about this stuff? Yeah. What's wrong with RTV? Nothing really. I use RTV on my own differentials. I like it. I use it. Um, I even have the Mopar official RTV, um, you know, sanctioned by the, the, you know, the motor building company themselves, whatever. Um, cool stuff. <laughs> the, really, the, the Permatech stuff or the, the Loctite stuff, any of that stuff that you can get at your local parts store works just fine. So, Look, I'm, I'm so, sealing my so transfer really, case with RTV. So really, the only, yeah, the, well, that's, I think that's what you got to do. But uh, so really, the only time you need this thing is if you have a, a standard stamped me, um, uh, metal diff cover. If, if you've got uh, a, a beefy uh, diff cover, RTV is fine. Well, they're, they're both fine, ultimately. It's, it's really, it's like one of those things, well, you know, auxiliary lighting, hey, an incandescent light will still illuminate the trail, but LED is going to be a little bit brighter. You know, they both get you, get you down the trail. And oh, they both I understand do what that, but I mean, do. what does the lube blocker do for you if you have a thick diff cover? Well, I, I have seen thick diff covers and differentials get separated before. Um, you know, you get, you get hung up on rocks pretty good. I, I've seen guys teeter on their differentials on a rock, both rear tires up in the air, and they're just kind of <laughs> moving off. that Jeep around. <laughs> and, and look, it happens. You can get yourself into these situations if you play on the rocks. Now, if, if you never really get into serious, hardcore off-roading, oh, no, no, that's we're not talking what I'm asking. some big rock crawling and stuff like that, yeah, no, that's not what I'm not asking. I'm asking in the severe situation where you sure. have forged metal uh, uh, differential and you have yeah. a half-inch thick steel uh uh, plate right. <laughs> bolted to that differential cover. If you get up on a rock, the 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 metal of the forged metal may break. A lube blocker bolts, is not going to help bolts you. Bolts may break. Yeah, bolts may break. Uh, the twenty seven hundred others are going <laughs> to may still be there. I'm just well, saying. I mean, even, I understand even on, a, lube even on like a fourteen bolt, all it would take would be to shear off two bolts, and that and you're not going to be. And, and you're saying the, the lube blocker anymore. would help keep the the fluid in in a situation like that. Absolutely. Okay, that's where I was going because I'm thinking if you got a decent diff cover, you don't need this lube blocker. I have no idea how much it costs, but to me, I like I like having all that stuff in a, in a squeeze tube because I can do Hi. all kinds of things with the RTV. My, um, well, if you get the lube blockers, all those other things that you want to do with the RTV, you'll have all that left over. How much are anyway, they? How much are the lube blockers? Um, mine were twenty bucks a piece. I was gonna say they're 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 anywhere between you know twenty and forty bucks depending on on uh, uh, you know what your what your axle is. Well, unless they want to advertise on the show, I'm sticking with RTV. <laughs> well, and the good thing is now I won't get my fingers all dirty. That's true. It's ah. it, it's very handy putting just putting a gasket up there. It really is. But RTV is is, uh, is really simple to do, and uh, you can you can walk around with that orange finger if you use the orange RTV. Going, look, I ate some Cheetos. You want to lick? Maybe that's just what you do with kids. I don't hey, know. I don't need a winch. I got lockers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's right. I don't know what the difficulty about installing a locker was. I put lube blockers on mine in 15 minutes. I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, that's, uh, as I like to say, that's enough of that. Uh, okay. So anyway, uh, did you get to your, the, if you got questions and stuff and... Oh, yeah, guys, uh, don't let uh, us take the reins on all this. Nah. If you guys have something that you want us to address, uh, by all means, just let us know. Send an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. And do us a favor, in the subject line, make sure you put Tech Talk. I'll be sure to get that into our next show. 
So as we often do, we got a little chatty here. Uh, I'll take the full blame for it. Uh, and uh, we're going to go ahead and skip over the campfire side chat. But I did want to give uh, Tammy an opportunity to talk a little bit about uh, uh, CPO's uh, trip. I saw that in here in the show notes. Tammy, why don't you right. give us a, a quick rendition of, uh, of uh, Chris's trip? Well, I'll give you, first of all, you guys can follow him on Facebook and on his website at overclocked, um, O-V-E-R-C-L-O-C-K-3-D.com. I think I said that right. I'm trying to get to the site. Anyway, (laughs) so yesterday was their first day, and he's with his pastor, who's his friend, and his pastor's on a, a dirt bike, and they're on the trails in the Rocky Mountains, and this video was so intense. I was like covering my mouth watching it. They were crossing this rapidly running stream and the um, his friend Drew is on the bike and it's in waist deep water and he's trying oh, wow. to go through and he's trying to go through. Anyway, you have to watch the video. This is the first time Chris has ever had to use his winch to winch out a motorcycle. Um, so you need to watch, <laughs> you need to watch that. And then today's video, which um, CPO, I, I keep interchanging his name cause he's Chris to me, but he's also, he's CPO. Anyway, he is, I don't know what trails they are, but he is in the Rocky Mountains. And thank God I wasn't there because I would have been screaming my head off. You would have heard and, this. Oh, you, sure? you would have heard me from there. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my. Anyway, and you know, when you watch the videos, they never, they're not as intense as when you are there in no. person in your Jeep. Never. It's a hundred times more worse. Um, anyway, I'm watching the video. I was watching it while Tony and I were getting ready for the show before we were recording. And I just couldn't I even pay attention to me. No, I wasn't. I just, I'm like watching <laughs> this 10 second video and I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. He is on this little teeny tiny dirt road. Barely his Jeep barely fits. And it's a sheer drop off. I wonder if that was Bear Pass. I think I'm saying that correctly. I saw a video the other day about Bear Pass and, and the woman in the passenger seat was giving the guy absolute hell. Beautiful. Just beautiful out there. Right. Mm. He's One of them is the Alpine Loop. He just posted. Um, California Pass is one with, there's still snow out there. And, oh, he called it the drop off. Oh my God, I'm watching it right now. It is, there is no way... If I would have went with him on this trip, he would have had to leave me back. I'm just hey, saying. You guys, you, you guys remember that that TV series that was a series that was on TV for a little while called um, like Ice Road Truckers yes. or something like that. Yes. You know, never the, watched it. So the that whole thing, they went to like uh, Brazil or something, and and basically did the same thing on like oh, these yeah. six foot wide roads yeah. with eight foot wide vehicles. I mean, it's ridiculous. And yeah, that video reminds me of, of that exactly. So now, uh, yeah, good stuff over there and, uh, at, uh, at the CPO's yeah. Facebook page. I was just going to mention a real Jeeper, especially with all that new fancy stuff from Steer Smarts. Oh, would have driven straight up. Would have driven down that <laughs> yeah. t- to the 12,000 feet and just, you know, and not used a winch and oh. grabbed your lube blocker with both hands. Oh, <laughs> Make, make sure you listen to the audio, which I haven't had a chance to do yet because that plays a very important yeah, you role when you watch the video. But it's um, you go to Facebook and it's facebook.com slash overclocked, O-V-E-R-C-L-O-C-K-3-D-dot-J-K-U. And, 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 and what's the deal with overclocked? Is this a, you know, he's I don't a computer know. guy to, and he's overclocking his computer and he puts it on his Jeep? I, I'd like to know that information. And, 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 no, he clocked the transfer this. case and he clocked his too far. Uh, <laughs> he I was, have no idea. I just, so, I'll, I'll get the lowdown. He was clock bo- blocked. <laughs> I to 
<laughs> but you guys have got to check it out. It's an amazing journey that he's taking. It sounds like a I'm lot of fun, and we'll really be getting excited for him. And we'll be getting more information uh, from uh, Chris CPO uh, or whatever his mom calls him. Uh, more in the future. Really looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. So Chris, let's call in. So let's get over to Wheeling Where. Yeah, this is where we're going to talk about what events are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. Here's something really cool. I might actually try and uh, make this happen, except that's going to be one hell of a plane fight. Uh, plane <laughs> flight. Uh, JCR is having an open house. Oh, July those guys 23rd. are insane. I love those guys. These guys really are. Uh, at JCR in Portage, Michigan. For more information, head to jcroffroad.com. And another Jeepers Jamboree is happening, guys. Twenty third, July 23rd through the 26th, Georgetown, California. These things are awesome. Yes, they are a little expensive, but trust me, this will be an epic journey for you. A beautiful event. JeepersJamboree.com is where you want to go uh, for more information on that. And of course, if you guys have an event or a club or anything like that, make sure you guys let us know. Wherever you guys are wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreation spots in as good, if not better condition than they were when we arrived. And remember to always tread lightly, stay on designated trails, and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. Like to learn more about the Tread Lightly principles and how you guys can help our trails and public lands stay open for off-road use, head over to treadlightly.org. Now, I just want to make sure I understand, Josh, we have a cutoff for the number of people that have to be in a club before we'll talk about them on the show. It's like 600, 700, uh, is it 1,000? No it's, 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 no, it's the Atomic family. It's 2.3. 2.3, okay. So, midgets is what we're talking about here. <laughs> if you have a club of off-roading midgets, we need to have you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So it, it, basically any size club, we don't care how big, how small. If you're even thinking about forming a club, <laughs> Josh has lost it. <laughs> I, my overactive imagination is going into overtime thinking about off-roading midgets. I'm just, uh, yeah. Losing my over club. I have the definition of over club. Okay, go ahead. We have time. Sure. Okay, it's a verb. Generally, used, generally a term used in reference to computers to modify a hardware component as a processor, graphics card, or memory. Yeah. So as to increase the speed of the component beyond yeah. the specifications of the manufacturer. Uh -huh. You can overclock your video card to improve its performance. In the context of CPO's 2015 Jeep Wrangler Unlimited, to modify the vehicle so as to increase the speed and capability beyond the specifications that, of the manufacturer's That Jeep design. isn't going any faster than when it came off the showroom floor. It's going <laughs> slower, I guarantee you. No, he he's <laughs> drives fast. I way can, faster than I, I can drive fast, drive. too, but I, you put hey, weight on there, fast, it's going to go slower. Guys, make sure you head over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Jeep Talk Show. Also, <laughs> youtube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. Pretty much Jeep Talk Show into Google, guys, and you'll find us everywhere. It's sad when Josh is the voice of reason. I know. <laughs> through the show shut up tammy <laughs> we like that though that's been unusual we've been trying to get tammy yes, to talk we, more. we like the shut up tammy so if yeah. you guys can call in and say shut up tammy no i'm kidding yeah. <laughs> all right you guys have a great jeep week come on you guys bye-bye <laughs> see you later <laughs> adios <laughs> oh gee